0: man the final week of the pga tour season i think it's kind of crazy like how 50 weeks can go by so quick or like whatever it is 45 out of 50 weeks 50 events i should say can go by in such a, such a quick period of time like starting the season off in october september and now getting all the way up to this point i remember last year early on i had said that for the presidents cup that the that at the international team wouldn't score a point against the us And now, like we're literally what two, three weeks away from the Ryder Cup, and like things, things are piling on, and players are. We now have a a full automatic qualifier field for them for the for the USA team. Still waiting on the Europeans. We were talking about that yesterday, um, at our at Beth Page. You and I played. Just like it's really crazy, like how things have kind of have unwound and. So many first-time winners, major champions for the first time, guys who who we've been waiting to break out of their shell forever. What are some of, like the, the the key memories that kind of stick out to you from this past season?
1: I think one the big. I think the biggest one for me. I think you know some good, some bad, and why. The reason I say that. I mean, John Rahm winning the Masters. I that was such just an incredible performance. I think every single Masters is special in. A certain way um there's some there's always something memorable it might honestly like the it might not be the most great you know memory i guess um depending on what masters you're thinking of i mean like when mm-hmm. danny willett won it's not really that danny willett won it's that jordan speed imploded as well yeah you know um But honestly, just the way John Rahm played in that final round and how well, especially with Brooks. And, you know, Brooks has kind of has like a bone at the time, especially had a bone to pick with everybody on the PGA Tour, on the European Tour, um, because, you know, he only got to play really four of the same events as all those other guys a year. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the way he played. That up and down in 18, I remember he he hit just like this – unbelievable pitch shot over the bunker and he didn't even have to hit that shot i mean he had a he had a pretty sizable lead as it was but it was just almost like an in-your-face kind of shot you know like ha i got this you know and you don't mm-hmm. and to me that was that was incredible um i rarely get emotional for other people who win tournaments and I actually cried after John Rahm won the Masters. I've cried two times watching professional golf. Tiger winning the 2019 Masters and then John Rahm winning the 2023 Masters. Another memory. I don't mean to just be negative. Is it possible that Tiger's done forever? Yeah. You know, it kind of looked that way. Yeah, like he's good enough to make the cut, you know. He is. He made the cut at the Masters, but withdrew, and I believe that was his final event of the year, right? Because yeah. then, too long after that, he ended up having uh, list Frank, uh, Frank surgery. T- yeah,
0: but un- unfamiliar. But I know he he wanted to play in the Open, and like four days prior to to the event launching, he was like, "I I can't do it."
1: Yeah, I think um, I think this might be it for Tiger. And I don't really think it was spoken enough about because we've seen Tiger make comeback after comeback after comeback from injury, 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 personal things, you know. And I think we've gotten so used to it, but I do think it's fair to wonder if this is just like it, you know. I think we
0: got I think we got to the point where we kind of almost expected it, expected more. And like I I remember I was with John, uh we were getting bagels before we around the golf and this was like like this was before the Masters last year where he was he put a video up like 30 seconds of him just hitting golf balls and the whole world exploded. They're like, "Oh my god, Tiger's back over the moon." But like come on, at the end of the day like he was he even said, like, I'm shooting at, like, 30%. Like, I I saw an interview recently with him. Uh, he was talking to Colin Morikawa about, like, Charlie, and he was like, it's getting to the point that, like, Charlie hasn't beaten me yet, but it's getting close. And I don't know whether or not that's just Charlie being really good at golf now, that he's, that he's, that he's, he's not playing the back tees, like Tiger said. He's playing the forward tees a little bit, like the whites. But, like, the fact that your 12-year-old son is now getting to the point where might be beating the, the greatest golf forever. I think it's might be a time that Tiger's uh, on his last hinges. Question is not for me, honestly. Is he going to even bother playing in the, in the Champions Tour?
1: He has no reason to. I think that, exactly. that would. I'm not going to equate it to like MJ going to Washington, <laughs> you know. But it's just kind of like that would just be like. No one wants to see Tiger. If I had my pick, if Tiger was like. I'll play in the Masters every single year, or I'll play uh, a 50% schedule on PJ Tour Champions, I'd pick the Masters every year. I don't want I don't I, mean, I don't care about watching him play against Colin Montgomery and Bernard Longer. I don't. He'd whoop their asses. He would. He would whoop their asses. And, you know, it would just once again it would drive home the point that he's the greatest golfer of all time. But it's he has no reason to. And I agree. I think it's interesting because I don't remember who said this. It might've been Colin Cowherd. I don't remember who said this, but they were like, someone said like he should have retired after he won the masters in 19. It's really easy to look back and say that, but you win. You want that feeling again. So fucking bad. You do. You want it so badly and he was never going to retire after winning the masters that year never because he's like i still got it he no, was, i mean there's there was no reason for him to retire after he won that tournament won that tournament it just solidified once again like if there was ever a doubt for anybody that was that was like the nail in the coffin if anybody was if there were, if there were any doubters left that we're like, yeah maybe he's not the greatest of all time." I'm I I'm, I'm very much still
0: on that that like mindset that he will win again on tour. He will. And m- m- maybe it's a, a a a pipe dream. But something makes me think uh, he he's how old now? He's about 40 uh 44, 45. Like I still think that if you give him 3 years and he can and he only plays the majors, and just does his thing. I think just course knowledge and the ability to like get around is really the biggest thing, particularly at the Masters, considering obviously all, all other courses change every year. But if you give him three years, because he's so competitive and he has that, he has that like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, like very few people possess the ability to be like, to turn the switch on immediately. The fact, I think it eats him out so much that he doesn't have the most wins all time. And I think he will literally fight tooth and nail, health pending, to get that win. And I think the only place it can happen, honestly, would be somewhere like the Masters. Or, for the sole reason that it's his tournament, Genesis. I think th- I think th- those are the only spots that, it could, that it could realistically happen for him to get 83. And then, then he forever calls it quits. Because there's no other reason for him to ever want to go after anything else except for that. He's already the greatest golfer of all time. He's already going to be the first person in line to take any sort of leadership role on tour, possibly commissionership from Jim on if He you ever wanted it? Like everything will be handed to this guy on a silver platter and he can live his life. He can watch Charlie and he can watch him develop into a tour pro hopefully he'll be, I think that's the one thing though is 83. I, 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 I don't, I really, I
1: don't know what it is, but anyways, who's the, um who's the, the NBA player with the most championships, is it Will Chamberlain? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. I don't think Bill Russell having more championships than Michael or LeBron keeps keeps Michael or LeBron up at night. No, 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 no. I, that I, shouldn't keep Tiger up at night either.
0: That, that's a totally different, different scenario, though, because Bill Russell was also playing in the 60s against, like, male men. Well, like uh, that who whole is, thing.
1: I, who is Sam Snead playing against?
0: I mean, good point, but I think I, I think as an individualized sport, you can make the argument that, like, look, Bill Russell's 16 championships. I, I just think it's apples and oranges because, again, like, while Sam Snead wasn't playing against the most like like ridiculous competition, and again, and we even say this like eras of golf where up until about the 2000s it was like eight guys every single week, like you knew could win. And now now the numbers are up to like 30 40. I mean he played what he turned pro in the in the mid
1: thirties, played up, up until like the fifties, late fifties. So I mean it, so what, he had a little bit of Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson. I'm and sure I'm very sure, early Arnold Palmer, but yeah. And I'm sure there were comparable basketball players to those three guys. You know. I'm sure. I
0: just think it's complete like apples and oranges. Anyways, getting like getting back to the point of like top moments, like three stand out for me. Uh, it's Ricky Fowler's win at the and the Mortgage. A, because I don't think it was necessarily, like it wasn't a loaded field, but it was like the get back to be like, all right, he finally has a win under his belt. You kind of like saw the the semblance of really good golf. And and it really all started out with his his change back to his old coach uh, 12 months ago. Like you saw a complete 180 in his game. He's now top fifth, top 20, top 30 in every single... Uh, Stroh's game category. He had been building up to this point, to that point at least, uh, for a good month and a half up until then. Other memories for me, um, you know, I didn't watch a lot of tournaments this year. Uh, the one that I vividly remember watching on TV and like sticking out to me was Max Homa's win at, I think it was the Farmers, because it. I think it was uh, Jim Nance who said that there's something about Max Homa where he plays his best golf in the events with the biggest, the biggest hype and the biggest fields, and I think he had he had another one. I think the 40 net prior to that, but his win at the Farmers was he was neck and neck with John Rahm. He was right there with Rory. He had beaten out uh, Ricky earlier in the day. Spieth was also in contention. And he just blew everybody out of the water. And he played the last five holes up like five strokes. And you're just watching like, ma- like majestic golf. He was pin hunting the whole entire time, hitting every single green, making every putt. The guy couldn't be stopped. And he looked he looked literally unstoppable. That was one of the moments that, got, that kind of stood up to me that Max Holman is now one of the top 15, 20 golfers in the world. And he can hang with literally anybody. It used to kind of be he was the Twitter guy and he was a good golfer, not a great golfer. Now he's actually a solidified top 20 golfer. Um, probably the biggest moment though was Bruce Koepka winning the PGA, especially after what we saw in full swing, where he was like, like a depressed manic. And it was just like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I can't compete with these guys anymore. The fact that he was able to go out there and win a major after the whole world saw him in his, in in his most vulnerable state for a guy who would never show sympathy. And like, you could see it in his body language and his face and his, his physique does not seem like a weak guy at all. Uh, showing that vulnerability was really big, and I think getting that win at the PGA was was huge for not only him, but also just for um, his own credibility. His people crit- critiqued him a lot for jumping to live, saying that he couldn't handle the competition anymore.
1: Well, those are interesting. Thanks. No let's get it,
0: Let's get into it. Get into the- it! The final leg of the PGA Tour season comes to its apex. The Tour Championship this week at East Lake Country Club in East Atlanta. Ben Piero, Stephen McEvoy here on the Game. The whole podcast brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. The new era in golf has arrived. Check them out, WastedWedge.com. The Schotsky turned golf club is now sweeping the nation. So get on the, the horse, pick up your Wasted Wedge before the summer runs out. Your best friend from the first hole to the 18th green check them out Wastedwedge.com. wedge.com remember, remember that name folks wastedwedge.com. ben we played golf
1: yesterday I, th- I'm, I was waiting for you to bring this up i'm so excited yeah uh,
0: <laughs> i got to know a lot about you uh yesterday both as a individual on the golf course and your eating habits off the course i've never seen someone like inhale a steak sandwich like you did
2: Okay,
1: I'm interested actually, uh, because I'm sure the audience is now interested. What did you learn about me? Everything. What did everything? Well, all
0: right. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna get a, get into our personal discussions that we had, but like the, you're very calculated in the way you play
1: golf. I told you that already. but Okay.
0: No, no, no. But like seeing it up close in person, like you're, I was uh, where was I? I was on the left side of the fairway, and you were off uh, you are off to the right. There's was like the second or third hole. And I remember you're, like, standing there and just, just, like, muttering to yourself. And I asked you afterwards, uh, I go, uh, what are you saying? Was, oh, I'm, like, like thinking, thinking through what I'm going to do. i talking to myself about my routine. I was like, oh, pretty interesting way to, like, go about things. I, like, I never thought about that from a, a golfer's, golfer's perspective. Of course, you weren't giving it your all. I know you weren't. You, were, you said you had your, uh, your C-minus game out, which is why you only oh. beat me by 27 strokes total.
1: Well, I was I was giving it my all. It was just very difficult to focus when you play with two guys that didn't break a hundred after like fourteen holes, and then <laughs> you who got ninety eight. Hey,
0: um, I shot a net.
1: I shot a net eighty
0: though. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I admittedly I didn't play that well, but I, uh, I you know I think just, and I'm not going to blame it on anything except for myself, but. The greens at Page are very hard for me to read. And I feel like I, at, like, your other, like, run-of-the-mill, like, munis, I can get the pacing down pretty well, and there isn't a lot of break. I always underestimate the, the break and the pace at Page. and I was bitching every putt. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing on the greens, and it really did hurt my score a lot.
1: Yeah, no, your putting was horrendous. Um, but... <laughs> uh it's 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 interesting that you said that that you learned that about me even though i definitely have said on this podcast before like that i talk to myself during my routine i'm i'm sure i've said that before i'm sure you also said a multitude multitude of other things that you were like oh i told you this
0: in the past i was like oh really so clearly i'm just forgetting things uh but yeah yeah you're Mm -hmm. very calculated um watching your warm-up was very interesting um we had only played once prior at Swamps on a par three. And oh, yeah, the day
1: that you and John showed up an hour and a half late. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, but, I like, I, I've
0: never seen somebody, and I, I've only ever been to one PGA Tour event, so I, I haven't really been able to see it, like, like, super up close. But to watch you just compress the golf ball is just so impressive. Because, like, the ball flight is just crazy. Um, but, yeah, just, like so, like, very small takeaways that I'm going to now carry into my game and and slow down my game and think about things a certain way and warm up a certain way, I'm going to
1: pick me a little bit. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Yeah, no. So we played yesterday and, you know, Steven, technically I'm, you know, people, people call BS on this. I'm my handicap index is 0.0. 0. You know, that's also maybe because I don't really post scores anymore because I don't have to. Yeah. Um, the head pro today was like, that's crap. You're a plus two. And I ended up, I was supposed to give Steven 16 shots. I gave him 18 because I wanted to be somewhat competitive and we played match play to make it more competitive that way. If he made an eight and I made a three, he wasn't going to be down five. He was only down one. Exactly. I ended up winning four and two. I made six birdies and an Eagle and shot even par.
2: <laughs> That's the worst part, honestly.
1: No, the worst part is that you lost by twenty-seven shots to me. That's the worst. I, part. I didn't. I didn't expect much less, honestly. And
0: my my average score this year is a ninety-three. So I went five over my my typical score. And even then, when you think about it, you would have then still beaten me by
1: twenty-two strokes. So were you okay? Were you um, were you nervous to play with me? Uh, no, it was,
0: it was more so actually, I was just trying, at least in the beginning, I was almost trying too hard and it was, and it was screwing me up. Once I got about three or four holes in, I kind of relaxed a little bit and you definitely saw it, saw it more towards the back nine. Cause I, I three putted, I think four of the first seven holes and I usually don't three putt ever. Like like the, the one part of my game that I am the most confident in and the absolute best at is my putting, and I basically two putt every single hole. Getting there is a different story, but at least when I'm on the green, I'm at least like serviceable enough that I can make it. I three putted way too much and it fucked me over so heavily. Think about it, like like right there, four four times I three putted. I think I might have putted three putted five or six times the whole day. That's six strokes that I could have gotten back, and I could have I could have very well shot shot ninety two or ninety three.
1: Yeah, I could tell when you were putting – like, warming up when you were putting, I was like, oh, he's not going to put well today. I could just tell. I could – Yeah, just no, I – tell. I, um, I, I honestly don't know what it was. I guess f- from the get-go, I just wasn't really in a great headspace. No, but, you weren't. You know, I could definitely tell I was getting in your kitchen a little bit, and, you know, that's okay. You know, I mean, not everybody's as mentally, as mentally tough as I am, but, no, um, <laughs> yeah, you did okay. You know, you did all right. Um, you know, you – you nailed that tree though on number eight. I like, did. I so, And I just, I don't know if I said this, team, or not. I, cause like I know like, at this point, we're eight holes in. I know your ball flight at this point. Like it starts left and it cuts to the right, and sometimes you overcut it. You rarely hit a left ball. And so I'm watching you set up and I'm just like, oh, this thing's going on in the fucking tree. I just knew it because the tree was right in front of you. And you yeah. had to like basically hit a right to left shot, which you don't have in the bag. And so I, I just like pulled out my phone because I was like, there's nothing funnier to me than when I hear a golf ball just Blank. crack against a tree. Not like branches, just like pow. Like and it and you're like, <laughs> shot. and you're like, where'd it go? And I was like, it's over there. Oh, it was so. Fun.
0: I I I knew it was not going anywhere. Hold on, here, here. here. I want to try and try and get the uh, get the sound here.
1: Oh no, no, I I want to post. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> just 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 a, a plunk. It was so funny. Oh,
0: wait, 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 wait. And uh, the best part is, is your laugh afterwards. I don't even know where it went. <laughs> you like, over there. I'm you like, had to watch. You had to have watched the video also like five times. I showed I,
1: everybody at the club today. Are you serious? <laughs> I showed a lot of people. Your dick. They're, they thought it was hilarious. you that was embarrassing. This is what you get when you're friends with me. I don't understand like what you. Yeah, you I know.
0: I, like. I, I I should you're, honestly expect far less.
1: You're thinking like you know, two years or whatever. How many, however long we've been actual friends, that I'm just gonna like change. Like this is this is what you get with me. Like I'm not gonna change, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you get with me. I am a professional ball buster, and this is this is it. This is what you have to accept.
0: You are a professional ball buster, and I'm a professional bullshitter. So to. Yeah. Uh, Two complete morons in one group. Let's get into the actual golf. Uh, oh, by, way, by the way,
1: by the way, by yeah, way yeah, yeah. one other thing. Um, I played another match today, and uh, we were two down at one point because I had to give a gazillion shots to these guys in my group today. Your boy made an eighteen footer for birdie down the hill, left to right, on the first playoff hole for the win. Shit! Threw my hat and everything.
0: Be honest with me. The uh, the two pars. So I was down five with five to play. Yeah. The two pars that I made on the subsequent holes on, what, the 14, 15? Pretty impressive, right? You were like, damn, is he, is he, is he, is he turning the gears on?
1: No, because 14 – no, because 14, you, you finally – you came up like 30 yards short. And then you had finally a good pitch shot and you made a putt for once. And then.
0: No, 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 no. no. 14 was the par three that I was like 10
1: yards right and short. But you were more than 10. You were like 30 yards short of that pin.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. the pin. I'm saying I'm like, like off the green. So off the green, pitched it up, hit a decent six footer. Yeah. Yeah, you made that.
1: Congratulations. And then, then,
0: then 15, T shot right into the woods, smacked the a low eight iron to about like 50 yards and then put it to about like 10
1: feet and nailed it. I mean, congratulations. You made two pars. I'm really proud of you. Um, but anyway, made, it, I, but anyway, I made six birds and an eagle. So whatever. But anyway, let's get to the golf. You know, you, you also made, made a bogeys. So. It doesn't matter. I still kicked your ass by 27 shots. And once again, could you imagine, could you imagine if I'd actually like played well, Oh, I, look! You would have, you would have, you would have killed you, me. you will agree, I did not play well yesterday. No,
0: I did not. No, I did, no you you pushed probably what, five tee shots.
1: Um, five yeah. or six. I didn't really. I didn't hit anything. I really didn't do anything well. After those guys left, though, I thought it was very indicative that it. I I made probably the easiest eagle of all time on seventeen. <laughs> Hitting driver nine iron to eight feet and then draining it, and then hitting my tee shot on 18, oh like three sixty, and pitching it to, like a foot and tapping it in. After those guys left, my game completely tightened up. Like in a eight, game, eighteen was more like three thirty five, and then about a, about a thirty five yard pitch shot. But yeah, I know it wasn't because it, it was. I, I measured it was three fifty one on a straight line to the pin. Shit, and, I really? and Yeah, so suck my nuts, Steven. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, let's get back to the let's get back to the real stuff. So as we left the clubhouse after you inhaled
0: a, a steak and a a sandwich, so good. uh Victor Hovland came out of basically nowhere to crown himself the BMW champion. 61 breaks the course record, upsets Scotty Scheffler by about three strokes. We're gonna talk about Scotty in a little bit. Uh I was shocked. Because he was, I think, like fourth or fifth on the board. Matt Fitzpatrick, who you said was going to win this week, had a masterful day. He went all the way from like 40th in the FedEx Cup standings, like 10th. Uh, he finished second by again two strokes. But Victor Hovland, a 61, to go under the card, 10 under on the day. Just a wild performance uh, from him. We obviously don't have it. Don't have any takeaways. We didn't watch the event, so we weren't able to give any sort of analysis, although you can probably break down how bad I played in comparison to it to today, uh, yesterday. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but regardless, we'll highlight that, but also move into the actual uh, topic of conversation here, is who's in and who's out for the tour final. A few names that shot up and down the board, a lot of movement on the final day. Matt Fitzpatrick jumped 30 spots to, to the 10 spot. Thigala, he started at he started at 31st, he finished at 31st. Uh, Chris Kirk is out. Jordan Spieth, basically by the skin of his teeth, honestly, gets in to the tour final as the 29th ranked player in the FedEx Cup standings. Tyrrell Hatton, 28th and 30th, rounding out the oh, who's testing me? Rounding out the back of the pack uh, is Seth Straka, who dropped like think six spots on the final day. He went, I think, like, four over. Yeah, yeah like like a. Uh... So, um, yeah, yeah, a rough closeout for Sep uh, Emiliano Grio dropped a good, I think, four or five spots. Tyrell Hatton, 28th, speed 29 30 for Straka. Danny McCarthy, really good year, but misses out at 33rd. Chris Kirk, 32nd. Justin Rose will also miss his first FedEx Cup uh, at 34th. Uh, a, few, a few other names uh, that stood out to me Cameron Young, who also had a very good year, didn't seem to get it turned on the last month or so he finished 42nd and well off. And of course, Hideki Matsuyama, Matsuyama, uh, your guy, what drew after, after, I believe this before the second round. And he finished out uh, last in the standings this week. So give me your reaction. Some guys who are in, some guys who are out, who shocked you, who did not?
1: Um, I'm pretty shocked about Hideki. I mean, I've been, really riding the Hideki train for a while now. And I'm not sure why he withdrew. Do you know why? I believe it was due to an injury. I thought so. Okay. I had a feeling, Um, you know, obviously you never want, you never, you never want to see that Um, anybody, We don't want to see anybody withdraw, um, especially due to injury. Uh, So hopefully that's not a serious thing. Hopefully it hasn't been bothering him at all. I, I, I hope it's not that that's not what led to kind of a down year. Um, can't but. confirm
0: real fast. There was a uh, a back injury, which is no. first of all a challenging thing for for a golfer. Uh, he said that uh, he hasn't had consistent issues, but it has been a a slight lingering issue uh, throughout the year, more so like light back pains. He actually also snaps the longest tour championship streak of nine straight seasons in the final. Yep. Mm-hmm. So big loss uh, for for Hideki. Actually, it, 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 it it's funny. The two longest streaks have now been snapped. It, it was Matsuyama and JT who had uh who had seven years straight. So, are you done yet?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. So for me, Hideki, pretty disappointing. Uh, hopefully, whatever the back issue is, uh, he gets sorted out going into next year. But if it's just minimal tightness and light tight, light pain, uh, it shouldn't be anything too major. Um obviously uh i am shocked i'm honestly i'm shocked that jordan Spieth made it into the tour championship uh i called him a pretender i really do think that i am in the right by saying he is a pretender he has done next to nothing the past two weeks to really warrant being anything other than a pretender um denny mccarthy Honestly, the start that he got off to this year, I'm pretty surprised he's not in. Um, But, hey, this just shows the level of consistency that you have to have. And, look, he's a really good putter, but there are other parts of your game that have to be really good as well, uh, especially to be top 30 uh, in anything for a prolonged period of time, right? Um, Other than that, I mean, nothing else was too shocking. Disappointed to see – Justin Rowe's not in it. He's got such a sweet swing. But, you know, I do think he's on the back end of his career a little bit. Uh, he's definitely been – he's been doing this for a while. Um, and when you're that old and you have that many miles and that many golf swings, 34th, I believe, is what he finished, mm-hmm. is nothing to, you know, nothing to frown about or anything, I think. You know, obviously he's disappointed. Other than that, though, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, I'm so happy Matt Fitzpatrick made it, though. I am so happy. I thought he was going to win, um, but unfortunately, he didn't. But hey, he's got another week, so one more
0: week. I'm not going to jot it up to be a surprise because at the end of the day, like they are still top 50 offers in the world. But and to make the top 30, I think this is where kind of where, where where the surprise lies with the the talent pool that's in golf now. Clearly, like and and, and we're seeing it as we had mentioned. Um, there's 40-some-odd guys every week who could win. The top 30, to make it in and of itself, and the guys who are just outside on the bubble, are all very talented players. I am surprised, though, at the end of the day, th- without a win, Adam Shank put up a quietly very strong year. Uh, Nick t- and, and like a win doesn't guarantee you a spot here. Obviously, there was, I think, seven or eight guys uh, who had a win this year, including Kirk, Rose, um, like Kirk Kitayama, Adam Svenson, Lee Hodges, and James Power. And then a couple others who had wins and did not qualify. But between Taylor Moore, whose sole win came at the Valspar this year, Nick Taylor, uh, who won in the latter half of the year, Adam Shank, even like Sanjay M, who for the, who for the last two years has been uh, the most birdies and most bogeys on tour, uh, he he manages to finish top twenty. A couple of guys who I was a little bit surprised about because you didn't you didn't hear much about them, particularly Adam Shank as somebody who. Had a good year, finished 23rd. Finished ahead of guys like Colin Morikawa and Jason Day, even Sam Burns and, of course, Jordan Spieth. And without a win, without multiple uh, consistent back-to-back weeks in the top 10, still managed to sneak through the year with six top 10s. He's 43rd right now in the OWGR. He had two runner-ups, which, which, when watching, I didn't even realize what, like, was there. 15 top 10 finishes uh, this in his career. Um, but and six of them coming this year, so pretty damn good performance. Uh, for Adam Shank, the 31 year old, somebody who I wasn't uh, expecting to have been so well off this year. Uh, with that being said, though, let's kind of dig into we'll talk more about that kind of whole field, uh, and get into the aggregate scoring and, and other things as we actually discuss on the other side the tour championship itself. But before we get into that, good stuff. The Ryder Cup officially set, we have six automatic qualifiers, there's six captain's picks. We were talking about it uh, at lunch before we hit the course that Xander Schauffele needed a, a solo ninth or better. And Max Homa needed a solo seventh or better in order for Brooks Kepka to get out of the top six. Lo and behold, it happened. So now Brooks Kepka sits at seventh in the U.S. Ryder Cup standings. We have our six guys, Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Xander Schauffele, and Patrick Cantlay. We have six spots up for grabs as of right now. Who are you taking? Is Brooks in? Are any other live guys in contention based on previous previous performances in the in Rider Cups? What, like, where's your mind at right now?
1: Okay, you want so you want my six that I would pick as captains picks? Yeah. Okay. Um, I look, I'm taking Brooks for sure. He's seventh, and he really only has four events that have counted. Towards these points. One of them being a win. Just think about that for a second. Just think about that. Okay. Uh so I would take Brooks. I would take Morikawa. I would take how okay, I I don't know how Spieth and Cameron Young are ahead of Ricky on the points list. You I have no idea how that's possible, but somehow that is. So, for me, I'm taking Brooks. I'm taking more I'm taking Ricky, for sure. Um, ooh, I would take... Mm, I would take Keegan Bradley. Wait, did I just say Keegan? No. No, I didn't. I said Brooks... Markawa, Fowler, Keegan Bradley. I would take Sam Burns. And I would have to go I go with Danny McCarthy.
0: I have a a very uh interesting poll for my guys, so I'm 100% taking Brooks. And I would put Brooks honestly like on the top line with guys playing singles. Like you put you put Brooks against like a Rory or a John Rahm. I think it's a very competitive match. I am on the fence with what other live guys should get in. Obviously, we we, we don't have the numbers because of the fact that they didn't um they didn't like qualify obviously in PGA Tour events aside from the majors. But there are there are some compelling names that they aren't necessarily even in the top 25 of the standings but Dustin Johnson has finished top 25 in every live event this year albeit a 48 man field but still finishing at relatively good numbers. Bryson DeChambeau if you look back to the beginning of April has finished no worse than tw- no, no worse than 19th and he has five top fives. I don't know anything about the courses they're playing at aside from like Valderrama and the centurion club like for all i know playing trump bedminster like you're playing like a fucking you know, like a muni like i don't know what the slope is what the ratings are but what i can tell you is if you're finishing top five in events there is still pga talent that you like pga, PGA tour level talent that you're playing against i think you might want to consider somebody like a bryson de particularly also Chucky shot he shot, he shot i don't know a 58 it's pretty damn impressive for somebody who sprays the ball all over the golf course uh, San Marcos in Rome is a relatively wide course, the larger kind of course. It might actually be advantageous for someone like Bryson DeChambeau to be on the team because he can hit it far, and it's, and, and it's an advantage to have. My six, though, Brooks, Colin, Ricky are easy. Speed's been so wildly inconsistent that I don't know if I can – I mean, I'm probably going to wind up taking him solely because his putter is really good. And we had said this uh, at lunch. Jordan Spieth and sit and the same thing with uh with Scottie Scheffler over the last three weeks has been losing strokes. Sorry, the opposite of Scotty Scheffler. I'm talking about about, about a different different situation. Jordan Spieth over the last like six weeks has lost strokes in every single part of the golf course except for putting. He will lose four strokes on the course tee to green, but he'll gain back seven on the green, and he'll finish like a plus three. When you look at the final number, you're like, oh, cool, he's cool. He's gaining three strokes. Yeah, it's because he's the best putter on tour. Like it makes sense. He's nailing twenty-five footers He doesn't need to worry about proximity to the hole, which he even which he isn't even well rated at this year. His approach game has been terrible. His driving accuracy has been balls. I don't. I don't know if I can trust Jordan Spieth, but I want to taking him because of, because of the putter. And if you put him in, in a four ball, I think he'll do pretty well. If you, if you pair him up with someone like a, actually I don't know who he'd even match up with. Maybe, maybe Homa. Can't lay, what makes sense? But I I digress. My fifth guy is Denny, and honestly, my sixth guy's my sixth guy's guy Bryson as of right now, for the sole reason that he that it's advantageous for Zach Johnson to have someone who, who can hit it far. And despite the, the the disadvantages he's had with regulations of the USGA in putting, he's gotten better, and I think it might help the team very well. I think Dustin Johnson's also there. Sam Burns is on the is on the nose depending how Sam Burns plays this week is actually where I would consider him for the team. Definitely. What do you think? Like thoughts thought, thought on my live idea. That was a jumbled mess. Um,
1: I Thank just. You. Oh my God. My ears blew up. Shut up. Nobody cares. That's my buddy. We're going fishing tomorrow. Um, That's awesome. I love fishing
0: no i'm just so enthusiastic about it i haven't been fishing in so long and i asked my friends to go one day and they were like no fuck you and i'm like it's so fun to go fishing i haven't gone fishing since my grandpa died like six years ago and like i've been like like itching to go out but no one wants to go with me i'll go with you um okay
1: um
0: Do you think any live guys, aside from Brooks, should get it, might even be considered? What do you think Zach Johnson's thinking
1: about? No, because here's the thing. With captain's picks, just because they're really good doesn't mean you have to pick them. And the thing is, Bryson is such a pain in the ass. I truly do not believe the guys would want him on that team. He is such a pain in the ass. I would – if he was my four-ball partner – Do you think he and I would get along? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. I don't really see anybody that really likes him. I don't know of any tour players that actually like Bryson. You don't think
0: Bryson and Brooks in a four ball would be
1: hilarious? No, and I would only be picking Brooks just so I could pair pair him up against Rory every single chance I get. Well, there you have it.
0: We're going to take a short break on the, on the other side. We're going to discuss all things East Lake, scout the field, talk about our good scoring, and, of course, give you our picks this week. We're 40 minutes in, 20 more to go, right here on The Get In The Whole Podcast.
2: The Get In The Whole Podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking. You're getting the whole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the getting the P- whole podcast has had merch. So you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at PHIapparel.co. That's PHIapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND. For 10% off any apparel, rock that Get In The Whole Podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us at Get in The Whole Pod when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back in to the Get In The Whole Podcast. Ben Pirro, Steve McAvoy here discussing the Tour Championship, the final week of the PGA Tour season. And we start... As we always do with scouting our fields, you want to take a look at our previous discussions last two years. If we've chatted all about the conditions at East Lake, how things are, sh- are shaken up pretty bare bones, what we usually are used to nice and sunny weather, you know, all the details to the golf course. We're mainly focusing in though, on the guys who are in the field this week, we start with the aggregate scoring. So based on Victor Hovland's win, he jumps all the way to number two in the standings. Al. I'll read it off here, and if you need me to to repeat, I will. We'll start Scotty Scheffler. We'll start in the number one spot, at 10 under the card. Victor Hovland, 8 under. Rory, 7. Rahm, 6. Glover, 5. And then grouped in, the number 7 through 10 ranked players, at 4 under. That's Homa, Cantlay, Harmon, Clark, and Fitzpatrick. At 3 under, we've got Fleetwood, Henley, Bradley, Fowler, and Shoffley. At 2 under, we have Tom Kim, Sanjay M., Tony Fiena, Corey Connors, and Siwoo Kim. And at one under, Taylor Moore, Nick Taylor, Adam Shank, Kyle Murakawa, and Jason Day. With Sam Burns, Griot, Hatton, Speeth and Straka, thir- 26 through 30, starting at an even par this week. I don't know if I had you on uh, the last time we had an event at Eastlake. We might have. I don't totally re- to- I-, I don't totally recall. What's your opinion on the aggregate scoring is it a big advantage for the guys all the way up top? Is it an advantage for the guys in the middle? Maybe the guys in front get a little complacent. Is it almost impossible for the guys at the very back to try and work their way all the way up to 10 under par? What's your opinion on the aggregate scoring and how how much of an advantage or disadvantage it might be for somebody?
1: I mean, it's always an advantage when, you, when you're when you starting 10 shots in front of somebody. You know, like it's yeah. it, it's – I mean, it's like if you had a NASCAR race and someone started halfway down the track already, you know, like if you give someone a 50% head start, you know, that's a huge advantage. You know, I think that it definitely makes it tougher the further back you are Mm. to, um, to win. I personally believe that they would just get rid of it and go back to what they used to do. That's what I wish that they would do. Um, but uh, that's never going to happen at this point. I don't think guys at the front, though, would get complacent. You have, what is it, $15 million up for grabs this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys aren't going to be getting complacent. Um, it puts the guys that are behind them, though, in a, ser- in a ser- you know with really a serious issue, uh, which is why I, I believe you shouldn't get penalized for playing well all year. And that's exactly yeah. what this is doing. So that's what I think.
0: But not, not to say that, let's say, like, Lucas Glover at 5-under can't very well get to 8-under par relatively quickly if Victor Hovland falls yeah. off. Like, like two, two, a 2- two or 3-stroke lead in golf is almost nothing of that when you kind of break it down.
1: But Depending ten, on... The 10 shots is. Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously, the, the difference also between a Scotty Scheffler and a, let's say, Emiliano Grillo is a quite a relatively big gap. Uh, but, I'm, like, if you look at it from a... Per, 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 yeah perspective, sorry, words of Scottie Scheffler to John Rahm, right? Ten under to six under. What's the more likely scenario that John Rahm catches up or Scotty Scheffler falls down? Or at some point over a four over a four-round weekend, we see three or four guys here in this top ten very well in contention.
1: I mean look it's very it's anybody who is within five of the lead basically it's very reasonable to assume that they could make that they could make a serious run um, and if you told me that homa cantley Fitzpatrick, ricky like those guys are 4 and 3 under par if you told me that they ended up contending i would not be surprised
0: even like someone like xander Shoffley, who who the 3 under if you look at just the odds, uh, and and of course we'll get more in, more into this as we go, but when you look at the odds board, like Shawfley and Cantley, who are and, and even Max Homma for that matter, who are at four and three under par respectively, are higher up on the board than a Fitzpatrick or even a Brian Harmon, a Lucas Glover, even Wyndham Clark. So these are like guys who are ahead of them in the overall uh, category are claiming that they have a much better shot probably because of their acumen and their ability to actually play this golf course. And someone, someone like Xander was who's won here before and has won a, uh, a title, somebody who knows the golf course, obviously the ability to get the ability to have course knowledge and to work your way around the golf course, particularly uh, one designed by somebody um, by someone so famous and kind of in the sense that there are, the idea of horses for courses and guys who play well in certain designs makes sense. So that's why plays higher up. But I think, it's, I think it's a compelling argument to ask, like, can Lucas Glover get close despite the hot hand? Or could somebody down at the two under range, maybe a Tom Kim, overtake him in the first two days? Seems, yeah. seems, very lightly, seems like a very likely outcome. When you look at the overall uh, field itself, two names obviously stick out towards the very top. At Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. I pointed this out, out to you at lunch. Again, talked a lot about... Uh, talked a lot at lunch. They both made a putting change. Uh, basically, polar opposite. Scotty Scheffler changed from a Scotty Cameron to a tailor-made spider. Rory, the absolute opposite. A total, total 180 from what they've been doing for the last few years. Claimed that they wanted to shape things up. The putting numbers ha- haven't been all that great. You said that... In times like this, why the hell would you change your putter? Uh, mm-hmm. For someone like Scotty Scheffler, who he missed nine putts between four and eight feet yesterday, which is a staggering number to think about how you're in contention, you're in first place going into going into the day, and you wound up losing it by three because you can't make a four-foot putt. Uh, do you think this is risky business for the, for the both of them? And it's been the last two weeks, of course, but – the third week, you said, it t- t- you said it would take you about two weeks to get used to a new putter. This third week, do you think they could figure it out, and it's not a, a major risk for them?
1: I, uh, I mean, maybe. I just, I think it's just kind of crazy that they would choose to switch now. I mean, I feel like that's more of an off-season thing. I mean, they've had a good, they've both had very good years to this point. I just think it's kind of crazy. Rory has a history. Of changing putters. I remember one year at the Travelers, he played with a different putter every single day and he putted like shit every single day. Um, putting's confidence. It that's really what it is. You can have crappy, you have you can have a crappy setup, you can have a crappy stroke, you can have crappy alignment, and you can still make putts if you're confident, okay? As long as you do the same thing every time, you can be very confident and make a lot of putts. I've done that before, okay. These guys that are uh, this is the most important part of the season, with the exception of the majors. I mean, it's they should have this. Sh- this should be figured out by now. They should not mm-hmm. have changed. I think it's very risky. Ride it out. It's not the putter; it's the putty. Okay, like that's generally as the saying. That's that's. I mean, seriously, that's generally how it goes. You know, I just I don't know. I think it's. I don't agree with it. I don't. I think it was a dumb decision by both of them. I think it's cost Scotty a win. Um, and I love Scotty, but I didn't love that decision.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a. It's certainly a risk. I mean, they have they played relatively well uh, in terms of the BNW. Scotty went four under, one under, six under, five under. Uh, but again, that final day, you miss two. You could have made two more putts and could have very well won the whole thing. Uh, Rory did finish fourth, but like a relatively rough putting day uh in rounds two and three, only a collective three under par. Um, A lot of bogeys from him. Something that's a kind of been a a, a maiming uh, of him, uh, at least over the last few years, he always makes plenty of birdies, but he always makes plenty of bogeys to boot. Uh I think they're good. I think they'll, they'll both be fine. They both finished in the top 10 in, the, in each of the last two events. So uh it shouldn't be a huge thing. I think at the end of the day, these guys know what they're looking for and, Maybe a change from – what's actually more interesting is the idea that that they're changing, and you can probably give more insight here. Scotty is changing from a blade to a mallet as opposed to Rory going from a mallet to a blade, two very different kinds of putters. You might not think it as the average Joe on the surface, but mallet putter has a little bit more oomph to it because you're getting more weight behind it. The blade also gives you a little bit more – I don't know, is the blade – you could tow it or you can heal it and, it and it won't be as effective it won't be as much of a a miss hit. Is that what it is or or, or am I thinking of the mallet? Um
1: so basically here's the thing. With with a blade it, it depends on if it's counterbalanced or toe balanced. Okay. Yeah. So you can check that by you know you hold a putter on your finger. If the toe goes down, that means it's toe-balanced. If the face kind of stays up this way, that means it's more counterbalanced. A counterbalanced face, you want more of a straight-back, straight-through kind of stroke. That's, a, that's like your typical mallet, generally speaking, okay? I'm sure that there are toe-balanced mallets or whatever. Who knows? Maybe that's what they're using. But for argument's sake, if you're going to use a counterbalance putter where the weight is evenly distributed, essentially – you want more, that's more of a straight back, straight through kind of stroke. When you have a toe balance putter, so the toe is going to swing this way, right? It's going open, close, open, close. You want a putter that goes, it's more of an arc, okay? Yep. Because that allows the putter to open and close. Open and close. I swear to God, if my Snapchat happens, goes off again, I'm going to throw my phone. <laughs> um, Popular man. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, So, But if you're going from a blade to a mallet or vice versa, your stroke is going to have to change a little bit. Exactly. So that's why I think it's such a bad idea. Uh, This is more of an end-of-the-year kind of thing. Or unless you've become the second coming of Lucas Glover and you absolutely suck at putting, then I would change it during season. But I don't think either of them have that issue. So – yeah. Yeah,
0: not exactly. We're going to take one final break, gave a give a pretty good outline other side stats you need to know this week for East Lake and of course our our beer money picks. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere folks.
2: Just a reminder everybody the most effective and direct way to support the get in the whole podcast and underground sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Again, the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to, to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Whole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Whole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in The Whole podcast. $18 million are on the line, the final
0: half of the show here. Breaking down Eastlake a little bit more in-depth and, of course, giving you our picks in Beer Money, Eastlake Golf Club, to give you a little bit of a uh, review here. 7,300 yards, par 70. Ben, a new kind of grass that I know nothing about. I'm curious if you have, have, you have any insight here. The course uh like i said 7300 yards eight of the 12 par fours playing over 440 yards where it is a big boy both par fours under 600 yards so relatively gettable donald ross uh design as well as updated by robert trent jones uh you know both their names quite well now the the grass here bermuda greens two and a half inch bermuda grass rough fairways are zoysia grass Do you Have any idea what that is you've never heard of zoysia grass no, never have, no. I see plenty of Bent, Bermuda, Poa. Never heard of Zoysia Grass.
1: Oh, my gosh. My grandparents uh, have uh, Zoysia Grass in their yard. Um, <laughs> there you zoysia, go. Yeah, so Zoysia Grass, in my opinion, is the best grass to hit off of. Uh, the ball all, literally always sits up. People think Bent Grass is the best grass to hit off of. No, uh. Zoja is the best you will literally never have a bad lie and it's also nice. not only is the ball set up the grass is nice and it's nice and soft too so the club cuts through it beautifully um you literally will never get a a bad lie in the fairway unless you hit somehow hit it into a divot um so yes it's fantastic i played in it first i ever played on Zoja was in arkansas actually
0: okay interesting yeah now, like it, how, how for a golf course that is difficult in its undulations, it's very hilly, it's a relatively long golf course. Is this more of a? I mean, it's a clear advantage because the balls are going to be sitting up at, at all times. But it isn't necessarily a a. It, if anything, it's a advantage for players. Correct? It wouldn't it wouldn't lead to any sort of uh, disadvantages elsewhere, right?
1: No. Not at all. And just so you know, the course is long for you. Guys like me, that's not that long. Okay. Anyway.
0: <laughs> hype yourself up, Ben. I know. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm, I had a long day. I'm tired, so. <laughs> so have I, which is why I'm try- trying to round the show out a little bit faster than I usually do. Although I want to give it the, uh, the tender, loving care that it actually does deserve. With that being said, though, we're gonna get into our beer money picks here, both to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. The less less calories than a Bud Light, and honestly, a way a way better taste. Go check them out. Kenwoodbeer.com, find the candy tracker. You can find them at your local Whole Foods. And of course, you go to the pack, and you'll find Kenwood Beer right on the shelf. Brand new redesign. And of course, get in on the merchandise. They now have their their beer golf collection. Beautiful stuff, Kenwoodbeer.com. Check them out. A little bit different. We usually do a top 20, only 30 guys in the field this week. Your pick to finish outside of the top 20 this week. This is kind of like the guy, uh, I don't know if you know this, at West Point, if you graduate last in your class, you get a scholarship because it's so challenging to do. To finish outside of the top 20, I feel like it's a pretty hard thing when all 30 golfers are pretty damn talented. Who are you going to take, though, to finish outside of the top 20 this week?
1: This is a hard one, man. Um, I'm gonna go with Brian Harmon to finish outside the top 20, and I love me some Brian Harmon. He's a Georgia boy. He's a he's a Georgia Bulldog, local kid. I just don't see it for him this week. I don't. Um, he's gonna be. I'm like I'm looking. I also want to go a little out on a limb when I do these picks. Like I don't. I don't want to just say. You know, Seb Strack is going to finish outside of the top 20. I I want to, like, you know, like, give it a little bit of, like, huh. Yeah. The probability of that happening might not be as high, but it's an interesting pick. So I'd go – I'd go Brian Harmon, finish outside of the top 20. Uh, I initially actually
0: had uh, Taylor Moore on my my list here, which – again like, like you said could kind of be called a, a a layup pick considering he's what I think he's 21st right now so like he's already like on the precipice yeah. uh, I'm gonna go out on a slight limb and take somebody who has not been at this golf course in almost a decade I'm gonna I'm gonna take Lucas Glover to fall all the way out of the top 20 I think that the competition here is incredibly stiff uh, which which obviously for a for a final where 18 million dollars is, is on the line, I think it only makes sense. I just – something about his come up and his six and a half, seven weeks where he's been so freaking good, I think at some point has to die out. And I'm just waiting for that moment. I think he'll finish outside of the top 20 this week. Your top ten pick.
1: I was going to say a good bet would be to see – I've watched watched Taylor Moore play (laughs) – uh, we, could, we could honestly set, like, an over-under and how many clubs he's going to throw. Um, <laughs> we can do that. We have we, we can do props. Um, <laughs> you let me know. We'll do it. Oh, man. Um, what was it, top 10?
0: Yes, yes, sir.
1: Top 10. Top 10, top 10. I'm going to go with my man, Tom Kim. Currently starting a tide for 16th at minus 2. Looking for some of that old Tom Kim magic from last year to resurface. I think what what a better time to do it than for him to get a top ten here at East Lake, starting at T sixteen on Thursday. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna join you at somebody who's T sixteen, but not Tom Kim. I'm just gonna take Corey Connors. Okay, uh, he is over the last seven weeks the straightest driver of the golf ball, and I think that's going to be great at this golf course. Very narrow fairways, a lot of undulations going up up and down the fairway, a lot of uh, right to left breaks too. Where if you get a bad bounce, you're gonna wind up. You're gonna wind up in that two and a half inch rough. I really do like Corey Connors here for a top ten. Very solid play. He's two under the card. A early putting performance from him is really gonna go a long way. Top five.
1: All right, top five. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, if you go on uh, YouTube and you search Taylor right. more than you put space, it's it literally the first thing that comes up is club throw. <laughs>
0: so. All right. All right. So so set set the
1: over under here, Len. Uh, it like, just depends, I'm, like. like I mean, (laughs) I remember I watched him play in uh, Savannah, and I was in college. I just decided to go down because it was spring break, and he made—he really made just like not a good bogey. He had like a wedge in his hand or something, and he ended up um, making a really ugly bogey. He takes his club and he just underhands it, but this thing. Like spent a solid five seconds in the air, and like the blade, like dug into the ground. Like it was, it was actually kind of fucking hilarious. Is it too much to go four and a half? That's too much. That's too much. Two and a half. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. That's fine.
0: Two and a half fair. We'll call. It, we'll call the over under two and a half. Yeah. Two and a
1: half. Yeah. That's,
0: that's, so that would be one. Almost one a day, which he, he has to have at least one decent round where he doesn't chuck it somewhere. So that that makes sense. Anyhow, please your top five. I'm
1: sorry, my top five. Uh, my top five. I'm gonna go with our man Wyndham Clark, who really uh really lets some lady have it on Twitter this past week. <laughs> <laughs> that was a gr- that was an all time tweet. What did he say? And, uh, How many majors do you have, bitch? <laughs> like,
0: yes. Um, so someone, someone tweeted out uh, on Twitter. It was uh, imagine having sex, and he and, and he says, "Say my name," but his name's Wyndham, and he goes,
1: "How many majors you have won?
0: How many majors have you won, bitch?"
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Wyndham Clark. He won on a big stage this year at LACC. Another big stage. That stupid chick on Twitter fired him up. You could tell there was some veracity with that tweet.
0: <laughs>
1: she We're got wild- coming in hot with the top five, baby.
0: She got wildly ratioed. Four four point nine thousand likes to twenty-two and a half. Get ratioed, bitch. All right. Uh, I'll take Max Homa for a top five. Uh finished top five this past week. He starts a four under the card. I think that he will easily move up this week. I think he'll certainly be in contention. And I really do think a serious run at the cup is a very, very gettable thing for someone like Max Homa. So I'll run a top five for him. I believe that number is plus 200, I believe, for a top five. So pretty
1: good money on that one. Your gimme pick this week. All right. My gimme pick, really uninspiring. Oliver Cowell finished top 15, baby. Get it done. Uh, mine is also
0: incredibly uninspiring. Jordan Spieth will not crack the top 20. He's already he's already in the <laughs> yeah. way back. No, no, no. But, let, like, look, he's already in the way back, and you only literally need two strokes to reach the top 20. I still don't think he'll get there. Even if guys like Nick Taylor and Adam Shank and Sam Burns, Jason Day, even, like, a Tony Fiena who, who who hasn't had a great last month or so – Even if they fall back, I still don't think Jordan Spieth is going to get anywhere close to the top of this board. So I'm all out uh, on Jordan, particularly even just watching him this past week. I'm just uninspired uh, by his golf. Your winning pick, of course, in a 30-man field. I want to kind of get a little bit bit of a a few different ideas. Give me three guys with one with your last name being your outright pick, but three guys you think have a really good shot this week.
1: All right, guys, I think have a really good shot this week. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. I, well, one of them. Ricky Fowler. Uh, this, is like, this isn't like this is just comeback player of the year. It's like the year of destiny. Okay? I think there's a chance that he could win this event. He's starting out, what, T11? Uh, yeah, T11. Yeah. So he's only seven back. Anybody can make up seven shots and four days, except for you. So I would Thanks. go... <laughs> yeah, no problem. I would definitely yeah. go... Ricky Fowler would be one of them. Um, I'd go with Cantley as another one. But my main pick, based on how the year has gone and how two of the top three guys are... Screwing around with putters. I'm going with my main man John Rahm. He's my pick. That's my guy. He's going to win the tour championship and he's winning win the FedEx Cup. That's my guy. It's a strong play. I like that. Um. um
0: so my three picks. Uh, number one, first and foremost, and and this is actually my guy to win this week. Uh, I'm going Xander Shoffley. Uh Starts T11. Like you said, can make seven shots up pretty quick. Has been in solid form because the top of the pack has been screwing around with their putter. I think really the biggest competition for him is going to is going to wind up being Victor Hovland and John Rahm. I think Glover's going to fall out pretty quickly. I think Scheffler and Scheffler and Rory are going to struggle a little bit to to keep the putter going, despite the idea that Scotty Scheffler has actually had really good strokes gain, um, t to green numbers, particularly also on the green has been where he's kind of shined in his T to green game. Um, I'm actually pretty confident that Scheffler will end up being attention, who's another guy who I will wind up taking. It's the obvious choice here at, already starting at 10-under. But the biggest part for Scotty Scheffler this week is just to maintain. And even with a bad putter or a, a trying putter that he's been figuring out, he's still averaging a four-under a four score. So, bogey avoidance is going to be the key to Scotty Scheffler. His proximity game has been great this year. I think Scotty is, is, is a solid bet. Uh, my third guy is Max Homa. I already have him for top five, but I'm confident enough that he can go even higher. I think Cantlay is his biggest competition. That guys who are there at four under. But I just think Max Homa is just so legit. And this is going to be the, the icing on the cake if he finishes really well going into the Ryder Cup. The, the, the momentum is just shooting up um, so high. But I think the... The edge for Xander, going back to what I was saying, is he's won here before. He knows the course really well. He's played here for the last six years. There's something about course knowledge and the ability to get around, to get around this property and do it well in scoring average that makes Xander so good. He has a scoring average of 67.2, which is the best out of anybody in this field with more than five appearances at East Lake. I think that's a really good number for Xander. He always manages to play well here. Can make up seven shots in a hurry. And his gross game T degree and has been off the rails the last five weeks. So I love Xander uh, to win this week and take home yet another FedEx Cup title. And nice, nice little uh, $18 million check would not be a, a bad, bad win either. Final thoughts, Ben?
1: Well, I'm clearly the superior golfer between the two of us. Um. Next time I'll have to give you like thirty shots. I, I I would hope you are honestly. Uh, next time I'm just. Gonna I have would to really give hope you it. are this you just shut up and let me speak? Thank you. Um. This is my time. Lucky you you. Nope. No, thank you. Not interested. Save that for your uh, lovely fiance. Anyway. Um. Obviously, I am the superior golfer. Maybe I should give you about thirty shots next time, just so you can have like a chance. You know, <laughs> just a chance. But um you know steven just i got in his kitchen yesterday and he couldn't hang um it's unfortunate obviously like comment and subscribe please that's always greatly appreciated helps me out helps Stephen out helps kb out helps all of us at the underground out actually so if you could please do that that would be fantastic it's been a very exciting year i'm happy to be back on it's been a fun summer i'm looking forward to a fun fall I'm looking forward to to seeing who wins this week, John Rahm. And looking forward to seeing potentially some drama at the Ryder Cup, maybe some chirping if we get some of the the head-to-head matches that I think the fans deserve. Oh, that could be so much fun. But anyway, what a great year. Tons of storylines. Is this it for Tiger? Is our live in the pga tour actually gonna join and are we actually gonna see stephen break 90 ever in front of me those are serious questions that's all i got
0: i broken 90 like six times yeah i went shot an 85 at rock hill
1: yeah playing from playing from the uh the 150 markers doesn't count but anyway yeah,
0: playing for the tips but thank you um I basically exclusively play from the tips unless it's like longer than like 6800 yards
1: you didn't want to play from the tips yesterday
0: I didn't realize how short the course was <sighs> okay um I'm actually gonna be nice to you uh, it was a very interesting year uh, for those of you who have been following along the podcast forever uh, that I've ran through my third co-host and now I'm just just like I, I want to thank Jake, who I had uh, for the first half of the year and, and on um, really great guy. Unfortunately, law school and uh, and his life, personal life got in the way of things. So uh, he took a leave, but he was a great co-host. I really enjoyed him on he gave a lot of really good analysis. There were trying time where trying to pick apart this whole like live PGA drama as somebody who, who studies law to give insights in that area was really uh, impactful for the show. Uh, but as they always say, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And if you love them, you let if you love them, you let them go. And if and if they really love you back, they'll come back. And that's why Ben's back.
1: I don't love you at all, but okay. I know
0: you don't. I'm trying to trying to make a nice figure of speech. Uh no, you coming back's been a really good uh, a really good add on to the show. It, it, we had a lot of really good substance when you first took over co hosting duties, and now to have you back on, it's really been a um a nice past few months. I'm looking forward to next season, looking forward to a really good fall. The Ryder Cup's is going to be great. Uh, hopefully hopefully, I'll, I'll come down to Florida and we'll be able to play some more golf, develop some more content. We have a lot of different uh, ideas in the pipeline, so a lot of different things to do, especially as you go and head off to your, uh, your, your new horizon, start off Q school soon enough, and we'll see you uh, climb
1: all, all the way to the KFT, hopefully by the end of the year. Absolutely. That would be fantastic uh, when that happens. Because I like to speak, not to sound arrogant, but I do like to speak things into existence. No, I really do. I really do like to speak things into existence. And when I do get my Corn Fairy card, uh, I will still be doing this uh, as a co-host. Thank you. Have to worry about me jumping ship and leaving Steven in the dust or anything, Um, even though very tempting at times. No, but in all seriousness, I know we joke around a lot. You're a fantastic co host to have. You might drive me crazy sometimes, but I know I drive you crazy. So we balance each other out in a healthy way. Um, You do so much for the show, man. I mean, you, I just, uh, when people ask me what I do with this, I literally say, I have the easiest job in the world. I just show up and speak. (laughs) <laughs> it's literally what I do. You're I, not wrong. <laughs> you know, I, know, I know. Like, hey, it's important to know your role, right? And like, I know my role. My role is to sh- literally show up and to br- to provide insight from from a professional's point of view. You do a lot of work as far as you know the out the the um, the kind of like the the scheduling of the content for each show and getting the graphics all together and and all that stuff. And obviously, KB is. Who is Huge. like, KB has like, uh, I feel, you know, I feel bad for him sometimes with like how much stuff he has going on, you know, because yeah. so much on his plate. I mean, I have the easiest job in the world. I get to show up and just open my, open my big fat mouth and speak. Like it's pretty, and you easy. love to speak. I do love to speak. And do you I like love to speak. to speak? Yeah. You're interrupting me again. I, we're going to fix this going into the next year. We're gonna fix this. Have Just, you not learned that I do this on purpose? Yeah, I know you do it on purpose, you dick. But I don't care.
0: <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I really do, really do appreciate it. All right, folks. Without being said, that's has that, been Pierre, Steve McAvoy. Like, subscribe, follow us. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Definitely, definitely on the YouTube, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, follow us, subscribe to us, comment on us, talk to us. Give us more content to work on. Tell us what you want to see from the pros perspective. We have a nice little play a hole with Ben from yesterday. Really, really impressive uh, hole from him. We'll we'll have that up on the social soon, but until then enjoy the tour championship. We'll see you guys soon. Probably a show next week. We'll break it. we'll, We'll break down the end of the year. Probably talk a little bit of Ryder cup. So don't go anywhere. We will see you then and enjoy it all folks. The final leg this week. Nice. It's still recording. It's supposed to end. I, it's like, it's it, yeah, it says it's like stopping, but I think, it's, I think it might just be like, like buffering. That's all.
1: Yeah. That was fine. God, this well, is weird. Yeah, it said you um, you had set up some recording
0: thing like individual- I haven't, I haven't, hold on, hold on. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole the official golf podcast of underground sports, Philadelphia. Catch us every week, wherever you get your favorite podcasts and be sure to like, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at getting the whole pod and follow underground sports, Philadelphia at underground PHI. We'll see you next time. And remember. Get in the Whole.